It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Cars. Like everything else in this entire world, including dildos, pacemakers, and firearms, can be hacked. But I'm no hacker, and neither are most of you. Enter a device that can automatically hack a keyless entry vehicle. Yes, it's that type of sketchy story Joseph Cox, our motherboard reporter, loves to tell. He's on the show this week to tell us more. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. So Joseph, again, more sketchiness from you. Um, This one in particular, you found, and you reported, that there's this device that can automatically hack luxury vehicles? Yeah, something like that. So it's called a keyless repeater. And they've been around for a while and people have made them. And then there's also been, you know, a wave of criminals using them to break into cars. But what we had was someone who is selling these devices. They may sell them for research purposes, but they also claim to sell them to people who they go and steal vehicles um, for thousands of dollars. Uh, And it basically works on a very high level by if you have this little, you know, a key fob that you'll use to when you're standing next to your car or Jeep or anything else, you open the door and you can start the engine because it detects the key. All these devices do, there's a small handheld device and a larger laptop sized one. It basically boosts the signal between the car and the key, tricking them into thinking they're next to each other. So let's say the owner is inside and they have uh, the key in their kitchen and the car is outside on the driveway. This device will basically make a bridge between them and the thief can just get in the car and drive off. Even if that key is sitting behind the walls of a locked house, the booster tricks the car into thinking it's safely nearby. Well, my keys were in my purse and in the bedroom. His keys were on the kitchen counter, uh, neither of which are anywhere close to the front doors. This couple lost a 2017 Forerunner. If it's not recovered and we have to purchase another car, uh, for sure will not be another Toyota SUV. Right, so it sort of just jacks the signal up. Really hard, right? Really, so it and then brings it it back down. So the key recognizes it, and yeah, acts almost like it's kind of a corny analogy, but like a bridge or a digital bridge, I guess, if you want to think think of it like that. But brings them, tricks them into thinking they're close together. I mean, see, this is the thing about these 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 keyless entries into cars. Like, it seems like this is the perfect hack for it, right? And the most obvious one, right? Right? Yeah, this is established. It's been around for a while, but again, what was new is that. This person uh, who goes by the handle Evan Connect, we just call him Evan rather than just repeating that over and over again in the article, but he sells these on social media. Uh, he has a YouTube channel and he does it, sells them over Telegram. So there's a video yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah. So it, obviously when someone reaches out to you saying that they have these devices, that's quite a big claim and you, you really have to verify it. But um, Evan was transparent and very helpful. First of all, he sent over some photos, some videos. Um, also, with the images was a, a little printed out message, you know, saying this is for Vice and that sort of thing. So we knew they weren't just, you know, taken off Fucking Google. about. Right, yeah. They weren't just images taken off Google. Then we have a live video chat and I see him and he shows me the device and that sort of thing. And then eventually, uh, he, to be honest, quite kindly, makes this demonstration video with a friend's Jeep which shows the device um, in action. And what does the video show exactly? So it starts in a dimly lit um, car park. Um, The Jeep rolls up. Owner gets out. He walks off. 
Um, so pretend he's the legitimate owner. And then two people start to walk towards the Jeep. One has a small little messenger bag with the laptop device in it. The other one has a small sort of palm-sized device with an antenna sticking out of it. Now, these are the two devices that are going to, as you say, boost up the signal and trick the um, key in the car into being next to each other. Um, the guy with the small device walks up to the Jeep, tries to open it. Clearly, it doesn't. It's a locked vehicle. He then pushes a button, a light flickers on the device. He pulls open the Jeep door. It's that, it's that instantaneous. It happens straight away. He then climbs in, um, presses the button just to check it all works, and then he shows very clearly uh, to the camera, obviously not showing his face or anything, but showing the device, pushes the button on the device again, then pushes the button to start the engine, and then, I mean, the car starts. And obviously at that point he could just... Drive off. off. Yeah, drive off. It was a very clear demonstration of the capabilities of these tools. Now, sure, okay, maybe he faked it or something, and that's why we showed the video to Sammy Kamkar, a very established hardware hacker, security researcher, who's made tools to, you know, remotely open garage doors and that sort of thing, which criminals have then gone and actually used to rob places. And I showed him the video, and he said... Obviously, he can't verify it 100%, but he believes it's very reasonable. And he's done this exact same attack with like $30 worth of equipment. So from from all intents and purposes, it looks like a real um, video. And even if it wasn't, this would be this would be possible anyway. Wow. I mean, you know, I was just thinking the, the last time I, I saw some sort of demonstration like this, I did it live and it was with Charlie Miller. And again, it was a Jeep. Well, right, yeah, that's just a, that's just a weird coincidence. <laughs> it's a weird like, coincidence, right? right? And, and we should say about the vehicles, yeah, this isn't specifically a Jeep thing. That's just the car it happened to be um, demonstrated on. Um, there are basically two devices that he sells, one for $9,000, and that can do all cars except um, Mercedes, Porsche, Rolls-Royce, Bentley, and then maybe a couple of others up to 2014, um, because then that's when they switched some sort of technology in the key fob. But then he also claims to have this other $12,000 device that could just do any keyless entry vehicle up to February 2020 this month. Um, wow. And, I, and I, I told that to Sammy Kamkar as well, and he says, yeah, sure. And I sent I sent Kamkar the specific frequencies that Evan was claiming he used, and it he said that all sounded reasonable. That's what Kamkar said. And this is this is something that can be done to, say, a Tesla, I guess, I guess we would have to taste. Uh, we'd have to test it case by case to be properly confident. Sure, yeah, but it's what Evan claims, and Kamkar said it would be possible as well. Of course, we can't ask this guy to start go jacking real cars all over the United States. We just have to deal with this one Jeep video. But it it does seem possible, and we've seen plenty of cases where police uh, in Toronto it was happening with I think Toyotas and SUVs. Surveillance video shows it didn't take long for thieves to climb in and drive off in a $60,000 Toyota SUV. Part of the shock for Alan Lynn is how brazen they were. All within a few seconds. I thought I was dreaming. <laughs> I, like, I, I didn't even know it was that it was possible. Last month, thieves hit neighborhoods right across Ottawa, making off with Forerunners, Highlanders, Tacoma pickups, and Lexus SUVs. There's a video from the UK, the West Midlands Police, where somebody does it to a Mercedes-Benz. Um, like this is this is happening in the wild, and it has been for a while. But again, this is this is one of the people who provides car thieves with this technology. Okay, so what can you tell us about this Evan 
character because he sounds, you know, I'm going to be honest, he sounds a little sketchy. He's a, I mean, I think he's a really interesting guy. So <laughs> I know you probably right, right. think that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, so he he made clear like, hey, I'm not, uh, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but like, I'm not a hardened criminal. He does have a criminal record. Um, He is going to be going to jail for something unrelated to this. And I won't get more specific than that, but it's not to do with um selling items to break into cars. So he does have a criminal record, but for him... He's a a real hobbyist. Like he finds this technology really, really interesting. Um, a while ago, he heard about people jacking cars like this in his city. He then looks into it. About a year later, he finds other people who are sort of interested in it, and they they decide to start manufacturing and selling um, these devices. So for him, it is a hobby, it is a passion. I definitely got that vibe talking to him. Him just sending me all this technical information, which I then verified. Um, and he he just he he's really really interested in it um, as well. So yeah, he's like this hobbyist who acts also simultaneously as this bridge between digital and physical crime. You know, it's also just like the classic hacker vibe. It sounds like, anyways, where it's sort of just you know I like to pick this apart and break it and be the one to break it and show that it can be broke broken. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he did also stress that these devices can be used by security researchers, perhaps by Sammy Kamkar or anyone else to test. Um, car security so he's not purely there just to you know do crime or anything like that and the sale of these devices is not illegal like you can sell these Um, of course maybe if you were then deliberately involved in the car theft maybe there's a conspiracy i'm not a lawyer but yeah you're right there is a real hacker vibe and that that's the feeling i got from him yeah you know this is just another example i think anyways of like you know how many times have we covered just daily daily products we all use every single day that's mm-hmm. just like why do let's just go back to analog right. you know like i just want to open my let's house go further, the key. let's go before cars let's yeah. just go horses you let's know? just go, yeah, you can't <laughs> you can't hack a car you can't but i guess you know before that it was just jump starting right right yeah. right and then it was you know horse thieves sure <laughs> and then they would introduce mitigations to stop um jump starting you know maybe an extra panel or whatever and then maybe you reinforce the door or something i'm speaking very generally and then this comes along i mean car manufacturers could do something about this as well perhaps maybe they could do it on a more specific frequency or something that's actually a part of the story we didn't really go into um i really wanted to get jeep's response but they didn't provide one uh, in the end but like this isn't like a dead end like there there are probably things car manufacturers could do. And as you say, it's just uh, an evolution of things. It's also just another game of leapfrog. It's like the car manufacturers do this, this, and this. They put it on a different radio frequency. They create right. encrypted radio frequencies that can't be broken. Then yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah. the hackers break them. And then, you know, it's no car is safe. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. In the same way that one of the devices, as ever mentioned, doesn't work on Mercedes, Porsche, etc. Well, clearly they did something which did mitigate the issue. So maybe there's something else that car manufacturers can do. So you heard it here first, folks. Go buy a Porsche and a Mercedes in your from, car. From, from before 2014. <laughs> from before 2014 <laughs> and your car won't get jacked. Right, yeah. I mean, if I have to, sure. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so I have Sam and Emmanuel here, and we're going to talk about porn. I don't usually talk about this openly. That, this is I'm, all I'm we lapsed, talk about. I'm a, I'm a lapsed Catholic, my friend. Okay, I see. Is this going to become therapy for you? <laughs> this is going to devolve into. <laughs> it's going to devolve into, I'm going to be like, Mom, stop listening at this point. Um, okay, so you've been on, you've both been on the beat of girls, girls do porn, right? And they're shitty. And there's a fingerprinting sort of algorithm on Pornhub that it's supposed to remove these videos, but it's not working. Correct? Do I have this have this right? Yes. Tell me more. Uh, Sam, why don't you explain what the issue is with uh, this production company called Girls Do Porn? And then maybe we can get into the whole fingerprinting thing. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Girls Do Porn is a production studio that... Uh, was basically taken to court by 22 women who said that they were coerced into appearing in porn videos. Um, they were luring women out into um, these hotel rooms in San Diego from across the country saying, um, you're going to be in modeling. It might be new modeling. It might not. Let's talk about it when you get here. Um, and then they get there and it's like, oh, well, you know, we really need you to film a sex scene. Um, so... That was going on for years, and these women, 22 of these women, sued Girls Do Porn, um, and that went to trial in the summer, and that's when we started covering it. And because we did a podcast on this, uh, the the founder, he kind of took off, didn't he? Yeah, he's a fugitive. He's a fugitive, He's wanted right? by the FBI. He's in New Zealand? Or people they don't really know he where he is. He's from New Zealand. Um, he could be anywhere. We don't really know. Okay, so... Obviously, this isn't going well for Girls Do Porn, but Pornhub still is hosting some of these videos, are they not? Yeah. Well, Pornhub is yeah allowing these videos to stay on their platform that other people upload. So we started covering the case last year, and I think the reason that we as a website that covers technology and the internet were interested in it is that the case was ongoing, and it seemed pretty clear that they were going to have some kind of trouble not clear if the site would get shut down or if they would go to jail or what the fines would be. Uh, we now know that they owe these women, uh, I think it's $13 million. Uh, but uh, despite all the legal stuff that's going on, Pornhub, which is not only one of the biggest porn sites in the world, it's one of the biggest sites in the world, period. And uh, it's filled with these videos. Uh, at the time that we started covering it, a lot of those videos were like uploaded officially by the company, by Girls Do Porn. But what we noticed is that people were uploading them themselves. They download the video, then they re-upload it. Right. So it's like like just regular users of Pornhub can just can just keep 
uploading their own. It's like YouTube. Yeah, yeah. it's very much like YouTube. Yeah. Um, and when we were reporting on it, we kept asking Pornhub what the company is doing to contain this problem because they know the videos are problematic. They know that there's uh, a legal case against the company. Now that they've won the civil case, the women in those videos uh, were given the rights back to the videos. And we're like, well, most of these videos are on your platform at this point. What can you do about it? And what they kept saying is that when they're notified of a video and one of the women sends them a link, they'll take it down. And not only will they take it down, they can fingerprint the video, which would theoretically prevent it from being uploaded again. Uh, fingerprinting is this technology that's used for videos and still images, which basically uh, extract the data from the video. It can be um, like the actual visual data in the video. It could be metadata. We're not sure what Pornhub is using in this case. YouTube, not... YouTube famously has used this for jihadist and neo-Nazi videos. Right. Content ID yes. is what they use. Yeah. Um, and they mostly use it to uh, track copyrighted material. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't know how that system works as well. All these companies are pretty secret secretive about um, how the tech actually works. And we don't know how Pornhub's tech actually works. But when they told us that, given what we know about YouTube and given what we know about Pornhub and given what we know about this technology, uh, Sam and I assumed that it wouldn't work. So we decided to put it to the test. And we did. And we found out that it doesn't work. Hence the amazing headline for your story. <laughs> Pornhub doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't seem to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I can't speculate. I don't know what's going inside their heads. I don't know what the executive at that company, how they're making decisions. But it's clear that they know the videos exist because we sent it to them. We know that they know how they find it because we've explained it to them. And they've acknowledged all of this. They said in response to our testing and the reporting, all of that, they said that, like, they're only on the record response to that is that they're working with the women's lawyers. And then uh, we asked the women's lawyers, and they have a slightly different perspective on that. Yeah, yeah, we got that statement from Pornhub that that was their only response to look at all of this. What do you have to say for yourselves? And they said, we're working closely with the lawyers for the women. Hmm. And so I immediately called the lawyers for the women, and I said— are you working closely with Pornhub? And they were pretty pissed. <laughs> they did not agree with that at all. They said that they were not working closely with them in any capacity other than sending them links as anyone else could do. Sending them links as they come up or as people find them or as they find them because that's now part of the ruling is that they have to take these videos from these 22 women down. But there are hundreds of videos of girls do porn on Pornhub. So, Covering your beat of Pornhub is very interesting because it's sort of this unseen part of the internet that is very much seen, but it's also just like a lot of these other major sites that we are so critical of, right? Like Amazon or Google or Twitter or Facebook that have so many people using it and they have so much power and yet they don't seem to really care about what's going on on the actual site and what damage it could be causing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people people don't really like to talk about Pornhub and what happens on there. And porn, porn in general. Because nobody really... looks at it. Nobody's on it. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I've never seen porn before. Um, yeah, I haven't people... <laughs> either. Porn doesn't make the news until someone until there's like a shame factor and mm -hmm. there's like a breach. Like the Ashley Madison stuff, people will freaked out. And like anything sexual like that on the <laughs> internet, people 
people lose their minds when there's like something to be ashamed of. Which is like the lamest hacker story ever, by the way. Yeah, I had yeah. to cover it and I just hated it because it was so <laughs> stupid because nobody was on it. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Pornhub, everyone's on it. Everyone's on these sites. Everyone uses these sites. Um, it's a huge part of the internet. It's a huge economy. It's making a ton of money. Um, if and the numbers that they're giving are true, it's like, what was it, like a hundred billion views a year or something? Yeah. When they, when they release those stats every like December about yeah. like what porn people are watching around the world. Yeah. I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong as well. Isn't Pornhub, don't they own like all the other porn sites as well? Like they own a bunch video of other sites, and all, yeah. everything. Yeah. It's called the Pornhub network, but it's owned by a big company called MindGeek. Right. Which is like, you know, the Amazon of porn. It's just a monopoly. So it's a monopoly on porn. Yeah. And how, so you'd think that they have some, some amount of money. Yeah. They have some cash. <laughs> they got some cash. Get rid of this shit. It's also, this is like something that clearly is such a violation of privacy rights. Yeah. yeah I think the, the point we make at the end of the story is that there is no, like all this is going on. We know Pornhub knows our readers know the women know the lawyers know. And despite all of this, there are no real consequences for the company. It's not like this has happened and now Pornhub has to pay these women millions of dollars as well. Maybe they will one day. We don't know. But until something like that happens, it's like, and we know this from uh, covering other areas of technology, right? It's like the companies are not going to change in, unless it hits their bottom line, unless they are actually uh, put at risk in some way. And so far that hasn't happened. So they just keep doing it. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's... Good for good for you two getting on this. It's a great it's a great beat. And it's also it's is it underreported? Do we think it's underreported? I would say it's definitely underreported. I think there's a lot of uh there's a lot working against uh these women and other victims of non consensual pornography in the sense that I mean, I'm happy to say here at Vice we are free to cover this stuff, but for example, yeah, because like, you you like I've, I've you've like stayed home in the morning because you're like and I find out like where's Emmanuel? And they're like, well, Emmanuel has to. I'll do it in out. the office as well. At this point, people understand, but it's like <laughs> the the thing is it's just Emmanuel on some you know on yeah. a Pornhub troll. Yeah, it just like the internet loves people on the internet love porn and watch porn, and it's like one of the primary drivers of technology and the internet in general. Uh, I'll have you know, mm -hmm. my first Google search ever, when Google, we I first realized what it was with my friends, I was 11 or 12, I typed in boobs. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a popular <laughs> search term to, to this day. But despite that, it's like the corporate internet and the internet keeps getting more and more corporate. It's like Facebook doesn't like porn. It doesn't, it, it doesn't love stories about Pornhub. It doesn't love when... Uh, certain terms that are related to this are used in headlines or images from those websites are used. So, so it's, it's, it's very popular, but people don't want to talk about it. And there are systems in place that prevent people from talking about it. And that, that makes it very difficult to um, not police, but uh, scrutinize these companies and that, and, and you see what the results are. They kind of do whatever they want. Another Pornhub story, which is very funny and I've never thought to myself on Pornhub when I was never on it, when I saw Pornhub games, what the fuck is that? And yeah. you found the answer. <laughs> there really, are games behind those. Yeah, there are eventually. games. There actually are games. So for the uninitiated, there are porn games on Pornhub advertisements. And Sam, 
you went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, just a um, it was definitely a gear switch from <laughs> what I'm normally on porn up for. <laughs> um, yeah, we we are on porn up all the time and on all these porn sites all the time. So we see a lot of these ads that are over and over like try not to come, try not to come. You will come in two minutes. We dare you not to. If you play this game, you will. If you play this game, uncontrollably. If you click this image <laughs> of Elsa from Frozen <laughs> with her boobs out, you will come instantly. <laughs> and I was like, "Try but, me, let's go." <laughs> but but I mean, like you, I when you say that, I'm like, there's some dude who's wanting, been wanting to come to Elsa from Frozen. Someone for, surely for years came in. <laughs> In three seconds after clicking this, yeah. definitely, but it was not me. Um, so explain. You gotta explain the actual like the the breakdown of the article because it 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 did genuinely make me laugh every single time. And after a while, I just started scrolling down. Yeah, we just I like systematically just reviewed like six, five or six of these games before I got so bored with it. Um, eventually, you get to the end of like, you click through a bunch of screens when after you click that initial screen that says you know trying to come, and then it's like ask you a bunch of stupid questions, and it's just kind of leading you on. And then you get to a credit card form and it says, you know, fill this out. It's just for age verification, which is not real. Um, and then you have a bunch of small print that says, like, this is a three day trial. You will be charged forty dollars, you know, a month if you forget to cancel this. I'm just going to point out Vice paid for this, correct? Well, Vice didn't pay anything because I canceled it immediately after okay. I, after I filed. I filed within three days, which is a record. And then I <laughs> <laughs> canceled it and then the credit card expired. Um, so, so yeah, you get to the end and you put in your credit card and then you're in a, like a, like those mini clips game sites, like those old browser sites that are, I guess they still exist. Um, and it's like little games, but the games are like porn games. They're porn games, but they're not, they're like parody spoofs of like superheroes and stuff. And like, it's just, it's very weird. You don't ever really get to a point of like having sex in any of these games until like several several levels in i mean is there even nudity like there is like in some of them <laughs> but that's <laughs> again then i I don't want to go on it if i'm somebody who plays these games yeah. there's I like would... maybe nudity i'm on a porn site what right i'm <laughs> like i'm trying to like like figure out the aim and like this like horrible like keyboard control game call of duty spoof that they <laughs> created in the browser yeah i would say something we didn't mention in the article uh but there are there is like a large segment of gaming that does have sex in it like yeah. there are sex games there's this platform for example uh called nataku i think where it's just like this anime style porn game it's like you're playing you're playing some puzzle games but you complete the puzzle and you see some anime boobs uh that's like Whoa. a very popular thing mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, stuff yeah. you know it's like it's like there's effort in it and people make the art and people make the game. And it's like, there, there's some amount of effort in, that went into it. This is just like this rabbit hole of generating, uh, I imagine ad clicks and then also just grabbing people's credit card information and oh, hoping yeah. that they mess up and get charged $40, which is a ton of money. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. yeah, I'm just like, I don't know why <laughs> I see that. And I'm like, nah, not yeah. only am I not a gamer, I also feel I got my I got my scam vibes yeah. going when I see that. It's a big scam, and it's not just the forty dollars for the site. They also tack on a bunch of other stuff after you put in your credit card. It's like, oh, do you want this offer? Do you want this offer? If you don't unclick this, you will get signed up for this. Like, it's very like dark pattern 
esque like mm-hmm. way that they've set this up. Hmm. And three days is not long enough for a trial. I'm sorry, that's barely enough for me to remember. Yeah, to, like, if you want it. actual sexy games, if you want to actually <laughs> try not to come, then there are, there are better <laughs> games out there for you. Try not to come. <laughs> it's the title of my memoir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are there are people creating good games, but this is this is not. Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Final review. Don't do not play these games. Well, I think this was the sketchy episode because I got to have Jojo, Jojo Cox on talking about some weird internet shit. And then I have you two great people. We'll be back. We'll be back porn. with yeah. more porn stuff. More porn stuff. All right. Thank you for being on Cypher. Thanks, man. Thank you. This week's episode was recorded by Andrew Bursick, produced by Ben Maku, and voiced by him too. That's me. And edited by Ricardo Contreras. You'll be hearing from us next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.